millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode by going to patreon.com forward slash cultaholic uh, if you eat all that you can go to pudding king Do the Cultaholic Classic review as the other lads are on the road to WrestleMania. We're on the road to, whoa, in your house, five season beatings. No one's watching that. Who be we? Abby Fake Geordie, radio presenter with that portfolio, Tom Campbell, with the mulligan to my oh hair uh, from goldaholic.com, Jack Atkins. Jackins here. Jackins, hello. Hello. Can I get three. Peeves off my chest. Get those peeves up. Before we go further. What have I done? No, you've done nothing wrong. No, no, you're, they're just peeves that are in. No, you've, you've been <laughs> you've been sublime. More on that later. You've been sublime. Um, <laughs> just peeves that are on that are on my chest today that I'd like to just go ahead. Alleviate. Just those peeves. Too hot. I'm too hot in our office. Yeah. This office is, is a bit cooler in here because the because the, the aircon's been on and there's a bit of a nice cool breeze blowing through. I am sat in our office. Um, uh, uh, right over the heater. Just switch it off? No, because everyone else in the office is cold. And, and I radiate heat. So do I. I'm usually far too hot, but... I'm too hot. Just... I'm too... Like, my, like, I put my hand... Like, I'm putting my hand on the mouse, and I feel the warmth <laughs> under my hand. I'm too hot in that office. I just go upstairs and just be like, is it all right if I turn this off? And I'm sure everyone will be like, yeah, everyone's cold. I didn't think to ask. I thought I'd just do, what the, do the British thing. I was going to say, who's quite... grumble in silence. Is anyone particularly Nash? I think Ashton is. Yeah. And... When I say Nash, say... we mean like normal human beings that feel the cold. Yeah. I want to say... Alex, he's always got like a big hoodie on, but I don't know if that's mm, just might be a fashion thing. Yeah. He's a young kid and he's a, he's a sprightly youngster. Do you know what? I will try this asking other people thing. Yeah, and see how it goes. It, it might work. Other other pet peeve. Steve. Um, I've woken up every morning with a, with a little frog in the back of my throat. What's his name? Uh, Derek. Oh, hello, Derek. <laughs> I don't feel unwell. I feel as well as a as a man in his late thirties can feel, but. I'm always clearing my throat first thing in the morning. That's been the case for about four days now. Yeah. 
and uh, and and obviously if I'm walking to work first thing and I'm going, <laughs> it's you know we just come out of a pandemic. You know. <laughs> You don't want to worry people. You're that age now. You're just that fellow who walks down the street going... Yeah, I'm just the weird old man that just walks down the road clearing his throat. Yeah. That's what I am. So that's that's my, th- my second one. My third one... Third. Um, went to uh, get a coffee with you just now yes. before we started recording. You normally, you go and, do a, go and get a coffee before we record because in the mighty words of Jack, Jack Atkins, Jackkins, I need the energy before I sit down with you. So I'm going to go and get a little coffee to top me up. But on this occasion, I went, oh, I'll go and have a coffee with you. And, there's, and if you look watching on the Patreon, uh, you'll see the coffee in question. I came with you to get coffee, right? I had a cappuccino for the first time ever, right? Didn't think that I'd have to stir the coffee myself. No. So I had a coffee. I thought, oh, they forgot to put the sugar in. Right up until the very end, when I had two gulps of just sugar sludge sat at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) And it's all sugary, and there's a bit in my teeth. Oh, but it's it's great. Isn't that what they used to do with Mr. Ed to make it look like he was talking? Is that... (laughs) <laughs> I thought it was peanut butter, or am I thinking of the the, the chimps from the from the Tetley advert? No, no, I think it was BG peanut chips, butter. Sorry. But I'm just thinking of a, a good idea where someone just gave Mister Ed a very sugary <laughs> sugary cup. <laughs> Give that horse a coffee. Make I, it look like he's talking. Coffee, very sugary. Oh, Mister Ed, you weird talking horse. You big scary bastard. <laughs> Those are me peeves, anyway. Good peeves. Then. Feel better. Have good you got peeves. Any peeves? Oh, are you pretty peeved? I've, I've, I'm no, I'm I'm always peeved. What was a peeve that annoyed me recently? What peeved you? I don't know. You're pretty good. I have just sprung the peeve thing uh, on my, you. Mine are usually my, my life is ruled by a number of minor annoyances. I'm like a, a far less successful Larry David. In this. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, especially curb your indifference. <laughs> like during the Olympics, I got really pissed off. I hate it when people bite medals. I'm just like, you've worked all your life for this achievement, and the first thing is, oh, I'm going to pretend it's chocolate. Fuck off. Show us some respect. Is that why they do it? They go, oh, is it a chocolate one? That's what I've always picked it up as. But I always thought, if I was an Olympic gold medal winning athlete, and if a photographer said to me, hey, do you want to bite a medal? I'd be like, absolutely fuck no. I've I've worked all my life. I've been working since I was four years old. I'm not going to bite it. Why do they bite medals? Why do they bite medals? Um, solid gold medals were given out at the Olympics from 1904 to 1912, just a few decades after the gold rush. If the athletes were biting into their medals at these games, most likely it was because the athletes wanted to check if the medals were real gold or not. I still hate it. Still hate it. <laughs> still hate it's it. It's still unhygienic. <laughs> Don't bite your medal. Don't shine it up real nice. and be like, fucking yeah. There you go. You shine it real nice. Turn it sideways. sideways. Wrong podcast. Sorry, yeah. that's the SmackDown one. Couple of years. It? Couple of years for us. That's the SmackDown. Yeah. We've got a little while to go yet. Um... Otherwise, how are you? I'm very good. Um, you know, Liverpool won the uh, the energy drink cup yesterday, by beating Chelsea, <laughs> which was very nice. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Um, was it all the energy drinks? It was all the energy drinks, yeah. <laughs> um, and Sean's currently away in Harrogate, so I've just been hanging out with the cats. That's oh, been quite quiet. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. We had a hangout, didn't we, on Saturday, randomly? An, an inadvertent hangout. That was very nice. So, I've been full disclosure, right? Been in a real, like, real low mood until, like, probably Sunday afternoon. Uh, just someday, sometimes, I just get a bit low. Mm. Just get a bit low. And Alex encouraged me to come out for a drink when she finished work. And I sort of half reluctantly went. And I, and I admit, I was rubbish company. I was rubbish company. No, you weren't. No, 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 no. I, I was, 
with Alex. Oh. I was rubbish company. <laughs> um, and then as we were walking to get something to eat, you, buddy, you barged into me. You I and literally, Sean. Literally barged into me. You literally barged into me. I was like, oh, bloody hell, hello. And then it's one of those things where, like, if you're in a shit mood, you're like, oh, look, there's people. It's not, you know, and and, and I feel bad because, like, Alex was like, as what, what would end up happening would be we'd say, hey, we're going for food. Come for food with us. Yeah. And it genuinely lifted my spirit. Well, that's very Genuinely nice. lifted my spirits. But it has caused a little bit of friction. Nothing to do with what you did because us four had a lovely time, and and we're, and uh, Alex was like, yes, we must go to Timemouth. I want to see more of them. Like they are nice people. They are we, good we, people. We are. We are. We are great. Yeah. They're good people. <laughs> hey, we, yeah, you were. Do you know, do you know what Alex over? Like, I mean, we we very look. We said, look, we've we've ambushed you into yeah. uh, a work event. <laughs> <laughs> we've ambushed you here, so we'll get we'll pick up the tab. Like, and you, and and both of you went. Oh no no no, we'll, we'll sort it. And then to which Alex went, no no no, we will sort it. We will sort it. And uh, and we did, but I think the genuine thing that won Alex over is the fact that you even offered. We've been out with some people in the past who just kind of go all very sheepish when the bill comes around. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Not naming any names. You. You know who you are. Oh, you skimp ones. But it was nice. But then, like I said, the reason it caused tension is because afterwards, like we're talking, Alex says, "Why is it then that like you're really miserable, like when it was just me and you?" And then when, like, Jack and Sean came along, like, you were fine then. You were happy, jolly. I was like, I just, I, it's it's awful. But it's the thing is the fact that I feel, like I said to Alex, I feel like when I'm around you, I can be every bit of my true self. Yeah. I don't have to, sometimes when you're not feeling the full ticket, and I don't know whether you're the same, sometimes when you're not feeling the full ticket, you kind of have to fake it till you make it a little bit. Oh, I I, com- I completely regress when I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm going to bed, no one talk to me, keep the mm. cats away from me, I'm just going to just lie in the dark. But seeing you guys kind of made me go, come on, fucking yeah. nice people, this is a nice thing. I mean, Smack yourself around the head. The odds of it were very minimal. Very minimal. In, in like the two years we've lived here, I think that's like the fourth time we've been in the middle of the city centre. And we were going to go somewhere else for lunch. Yeah. But it was really busy. So then we remembered there's this place up the road. And it, we'd only remembered where it was. And this is how like minimal the odds were of clashing. Because we remembered where it was as we were halfway down the road going the wrong way. And went, oh, it's over this way. Okay. And that's why the timing... Was it was absolutely sublime. If we got there, like, if we got to our destination a minute earlier, we'd have missed you. Yeah. If we got there a minute later, we'd have missed you. Yeah. It's the, the universe on that day. I believe the universe went, right, Tom, you need to see Jack and Sean. Come yeah. on. Because I, I was close to buying some <laughs> shoes. So if I would have bought some shoes, I would have been like, yeah. Oh. And we, we were um and ah, because Sean said she'd buy me lunch. She was like, I'm not really that hungry. Should we go to the car and figure it out? And we bumped into you and you were like, come for lunch. And we we're like, Ah, fuck it, might as well. There you go. Yeah. There you go. The world moved in mysterious ways it that did, day. Yeah. So it was uh, it was lovely to see you. And you. And uh, and then I'd I'd um, r- I rang home. I'm trying to get into a habit of I realize this is all me talking so far. This was a bit like a therapy session. <laughs> we'll get to, we'll talk other things in a minute, I promise. Talk but, about me. I'll talk about you in a minute. We'll get to you in a minute. This is my last thing, my last thing. <laughs> my last thing. I uh, I'm getting into a habit of ringing home on a week on a weekend. Because mm. I'm notorious for just like losing track of like catching up with family. I'm rubbish at it. I just get carried away. And, but my mum has said, like, you know, we're the same as well because my brothers all live around the corner from my mum and dad. So, like, I'm a bit out on a limb. Yeah. So I'm not always in on all the goss of everything. So me and my mum made a pact that 11 o'clock every Sunday we'd have a, vi- we'd have a video call and we'd just touch base. 
And if stuff's happened, we'll share it. And if nothing's happened, we'll chat for five minutes and then we'll go about our week. Yeah. And it just, and I'm normally not one to open up when I'm not feeling the full ticket with my mum and dad. I just haven't been. I just don't. I just kind of think you don't want people to worry about you. But on this occasion, as encouraged by Alex, who is very much my, my, light, in a, my light in a storm, uh, to go, just talk to them. Tell them I'm feeling like that good. And I did. And I, and I opened up about it for a while, for the first time in ages. Yeah. And, and bless them, they were like, because <laughs> then, like, despite the fact that I'm in my late 30s, like, they still regress to going, that's our son. To the point where my dad said, look, come home. I will drive to get you. I said, don't be stupid. <laughs> I will we'll drive and get you. I said, no, I'm not. I said, look. And then, and bless them, they were like, look, come home for a week. Come home for, like, look, book off time. Come home for a week. Come on, holiday with us, whatever. And, uh, and I said, look, I can't. And it's just that because I can't because there's numerous things happening this month. Plus, it's the rumps of WrestleMania. So this is our, this is our busy season. Yeah. So I can't. But, and then I get home from my other job on the Sunday evening, say that my mum had sent a care package through. I saw this. Did online, you see yeah. the care package? Yeah, because I read some of it. I was just like, oh, that's, that's such a mum thing to put in there. <laughs> it was a care package from my mum uh, that was sent via, I think, Amazon that consisted of a bottle of Prosecco, um, some mini Dodgers, some, some jammy Dodgers, some iced gems, two avocados, uh, some strapping for, uh, for your fingers, if you break your fingers, a balloon weight, <laughs> some baklava, uh, I know some some coconut scented shaving cream. Yeah, some aloe vera soft facial wipes, uh, a bumper bag of uh, refreshers ice lollies, <laughs> uh, some t- some Tunnett's tea cakes. Oh yes, they've gone down a treat. A uh, rubber duck. And some matey bubble bath. It was it was the matey bubble bath and the wipes. I thought that's very mum because I didn't realise they were mom. face wipes. I thought they were bum wipes. <laughs> I mean, they could double <laughs> as bum wipes. I guess wipes are wipes, aren't they? Good face, good for your But it's funny how a, a care package of utter bollocks is one to lift a spirit. Oh, definitely. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're going into the week on a much better foot than we ended it on. Oh, so that's nice. So no, a happy combination of seeing yourself and some, some love from home. So it's yeah. all good. So anyway, how are you? All right. Cool. <laughs> Raw. No, it's, <laughs> it's 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 been one of those for us recently because we'd been saving to hopefully at some point cobble together a deposit for a house. Oh. And then I got a big tax bill in January that took us right back. And then we we're like, okay, well, we'll start saving again. And then obviously everything that's happened in the news and then our energy prices doubled. Mm. And I've just gone into a mode of, fuck it. I'm going to buy shoes. I'm going to have... Hot cross buns for every meal and f- I'm just like <laughs> lowbrow hedonism. That's basically it. I'm just going like, I'm, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a magnum for my lunch today, and you don't know if it's an ice cream or the gun. So. <laughs> Depends on what the news says. It's that's I think I think we're all kind of getting back into that state again, aren't we? That yeah. sort of lockdown state where it's like, ah, oh, fuck it. What's the point? Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's not even it's it's like what is it the seven stages of grief? I'm in the kind of the unrealistic acceptance now. I'm just like ah, everything's beyond my control. Fuck it, I'm gonna buy a smock, <laughs> new you, new smock. Did you buy any? Did you didn't buy a smock? But did you buy some new trainers in the end? I didn't know. I was actually after um, shoes because I've got I've got about fifty pairs of trainers, <laughs> and um, I'm in my mid thirties now. I can't keep dressing like I'm fourteen years old. So I was just after some nice Clark shoes, but I couldn't find the ones I wanted. See, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of people that I say our age, you're younger, but I'll I'll latch on to your age. 
that are dressing younger now. Yeah. We, like, when you watch programs where they have clips of like, we watched, um, for example, the, the Ted Bundy documentary. Yeah, yeah, wholesome, wholesome viewing. <laughs> that perked me up on a Sunday night. Um, we watched that, and like you see, like the, the 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 eyewitnesses and some of the victims, and like they all look like they're in their forties, but they're like twenty-one year old Samantha. Like, She's twenty-one. Yeah. What? So we're the opposite in the sense that we're dressed. We, we look far younger than we actually are. <laughs> I think that's part of our generation, though. Mm. It's our, our generation has grown up with nostalgia for things that we never had, if you know what I mean. Like, as mm. we're, like when the Star Wars gets re-released, it's to the Gen Xs, and they're just like, oh, we can bank on this nostalgia from them. Yes. Whereas we've been in that mindset since we were six. We were just like, oh, whatever's pop culture, just... Oh, God, we'll just... gobble up all the pop culture. Yeah, I, I've explained that terribly, but I know what I mean. I so know you what you can, mean. You can fuck off down there <laughs> in podcast land. <laughs> they're, I... with you. they're with you. You're with, you're with us. us. You're with us. You're with us. You're with us on it. You're with us on it. We gobble up all the zeitgeist. Yeah. Because that's what we do. Yeah. Because we're in this, we're, we're, we're a generation of constant information and constant uh, self-evaluation and constant disassociation. Yeah. It's, it's a tangent, but it's like the new Batman films coming out. I like Batman, but I'm not feeling it. And I think I realized that something like this is going to be the sixth person to play Batman in 30 years. Yeah. And it's like, that's oh, a bit... It's a bit much. They do burn through Batman, don't they? Yeah, slow down on the Batman. There's, there's, <laughs> we're at the point now where there's two Batman simultaneously. There's gonna is, be. is Affleck still? Oh no, Keaton's back, isn't he? Yeah, Michael Keaton's yeah. doing the Batman. Yeah, and we've got old Twilight Man. <laughs> and I, I, I really like Robert Pattinson, but I'm just like, oh, can we just, just, just wait a few years? But this is the first time we're in a franchise where we have had two going at the same time. Uh, I think it could be. We're not counting cartoon. The only one to think of would be Quicksilver because he had him in the X-Men films and in Age of Ultron. Yes, we did, didn't we? But apart from that weird little (coughs) legal loophole. Yes, that is is correct. Ah, that's what it is then. That's what it is. Yeah, I hear you because I haven't seen the trailer for the new Batman, but I get the whole thing that we've lived through so many now. Mm. It's just like, oh... And you'd think I'd love it because they filmed all of it in Liverpool. So when I'm watching the trailer, I was like, oh, there's, there's Batman on the live abilities. <laughs> do, they, do they acknowledge that it's Liverpool? No. Or are they like, here I am in Batman, Batman City? In Batman City, <laughs> yeah. I forgot what it's in Gotham. Gotham. <laughs> Batman City. Well, Gotham's like, it's heavily based Batman. on New York. Isn't it? Get yourself to Batman City. Who lives in Batman City? Batman does. Jeff shit off, does he? I tell you who everybody fucking hates in Batman City. Fucking Batman. Why do we call it Batman City? I don't know. I thought Mr. T lived there. No, he lives, <laughs> he lives in Mr. T-ville. <laughs> it's down the road from Spider-Manland. Oh, that sounds Swiss. <laughs> it sounds like Newfoundland. <laughs> Spider-Manland. But yeah, Gotham's based on New York, and it's just cheaper to film in Liverpool than New York, so... I think it was the Fantastic Beasts films. There was a lot of Liverpool locations that they just went, oh, this is New York and Captain America. Because we've got the old architecture there. It's a bit bricky. So they're just like, oh, yeah. Newcastle's a bit like that as well. Yeah. I remember they shut down Granger Street in Newcastle many years ago to do some reef shoots of a scene from Transformers. Okay. Because all they needed was just like a fast shot of some cars driving yeah. down the street. And it was just cheaper just to shut Granger, Granger Street in Newcastle than to shut New, a street in New York. Yeah. Which is like fair. Especially down the quayside when you're underneath the Time Bridge. 
That yeah. looks like it's something out of Once Upon a Time in America. It it's does, fantastic. It? First time I went there, I was like, yeah, I'm going to move here. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do. That's the beauty of living around here. Like, it's it's a very lovely place to live is, is the Northeast. I, very it, fond of it, it. It took me by surprise because... I just thought it was going to be, you know, like Get Carter. It was just going to be old industrial estates and just dour-looking men with whippets. But it's, <laughs> it's really, we've, it's, we've got some dour-looking men with whippets. I'm one of those men. I just don't own a whippet. But, uh, yeah, it's gorgeous bit of the world. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what are you here for? <laughs> what are we here for? That's the, you know what? That's, that's a deeper question that we need. If you're watching on the Patreon, you'll notice some friends with us today. We haven't acknowledged yet. So, uh, a big thank you to Jack Atkins Jackins, who has been in a slugfest on eBay <laughs> to uh, procure two Milton Bradley electronic karate fighters oh. that are positioned in front of us now. Now, we'd love to show you the, uh, the, the sounds and the smells of them, but we need batteries for them. Yeah. So, we're not going to do so. The plan is next time you join us, which will be for the watch-along presentation of In Your House 5 Seasons Beatings. Uh, we will be doing some Seasons Beatings in here, won't we? That sounds unintentionally saucy. It, it is. <laughs> meant. It's intentionally saucy. Um, because we're going to be, for, for our wonderful friends watching on the Patreon, thank you for supporting us. We will have uh, a few rounds of karate fighters to celebrate the Milton Bradley karate fighters sponsored in your house fight. Yes, of course. So thank you very much indeed. Well done, Jackins. I'm getting hold of these boys. Yeah, I'll have to uh, give a shout out to my, my good friend, AJ, because we are we, we just talk about toys and trainers, even though we've got a combined age of 70. <laughs> and he said, oh, look, I, I found these ones for quite cheap. And he, he pointed me in the direction of them. And yeah. Oh, what a lad, AJ. So... Uh, Thank you very much indeed. It did come up in conversation when um, we were out on Saturday, didn't it? Yes, it did. When uh, what I love is is that I think Alex and Sean, I think they found kindred spirits in each other. Where there was the general consensus of, I don't understand it either. Yeah, <laughs> Alex is as baffled by what we do <laughs> as as your Sean is. Yeah. So there is a, should, so when we when we go out for uh, for for double date two, we come your neck of the woods. I'm sure they'll they'll enjoy. Uh, uh, a, a beverage and discussing how stupid our job is. I thought you were going to say a game of karate fighters on the beach. I mean, I'm going to bring the karate fighters anyway. Oh, yeah. I suggest we bring it anyway because we may convert them. Yeah. Into playing karate fighters <laughs> with us. Play them in the, play them in, uh, in Crusoes and Shields. It'd be a lovely time. They are cool, though, aren't they? They are great. We, we've they are got great. Cyber Fist versus Tiger Ninja. <laughs> or, as it says on the side, Cyber Fist contra Tiger Ninja. Or Cyber L'Implacable <laughs> contra La Tigre de Orient. <laughs> the Tiger of the Orient. Nice. Cyber L'Implacable. Implacable? I'm going to look at what implacable means. Contra La Tigre uh, de Orient. Because it's obviously in different languages along the sides. With in... realistic karate sounds. Consinidos reales de karate. Implacable. Well, weirdly, I typed in <clears throat> Implacable <clears throat> and it gave me the synopsis for The Running Man. What a film! <laughs> <laughs> Why did it give me The Running Man? Because it's fucking great. <laughs> I know, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree. The Relentless. Oh, wow. So, Implacable from Italian means The Relentless. Cyberfist. In, in Italian, is the relentless cyber. <laughs> That's cool. Oh! Against the tiger of the Orient. Far beefier, that is. Ooh. Far beefier. But we'll have a play with them proper next week on the uh, on the watch along of In Your House 5. If you are a Patreon, you can watch us play with them. 
<laughs> what more do you need? What more do you need to join us at patreon.com forward slash a girlsaholic? Anyway, let's get into uh, the classic Raw review for <clears throat> December the 11th, 1995. I'll give you a little rundown of the real world. Uh, UK box office number one is GoldenEye, still my number one film. Bum, 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 bum. I'm Tina Turner, I've got legs. Um, the bum, 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 the bum. US box office number one uh, is Toy Story. Oh. Toy Story, I've got legs. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Uh, in the UK charts, number one, sorry, in the US charts, number one is Mariah Carey, One Sweet Day. Voice the man. In the number one UK charts, Robson and Jerome is no longer number one. Oh, thank fuck. Knocked off the top by Michael Jackson's Earth Song. Oh, what a song. One that we all reenacted over the weekend as the storm raged across the northeast. Just, yeah, just me on the on the beach going, what about elephants? <laughs> I, I, what, about, what about elephants? It's true. What about them? What about, what about, I, what about the sea? <laughs> I, what about everyone? <laughs> I popped the, uh, the family group chat and I put it on Twitter as well as I captured a bird sat on our bird feeder on our balcony in the storm and this bird feed is nearly horizontal but the bird's clinging on yeah. so I filmed it and set it to Michael Jackson's Earth song <laughs> this bird going ah, ah! <laughs> just hanging in there but he hung on for about two minutes it was it, me and Alex were just glued we were watching something else on telly but we were watching I just like when you started that you said I captured a bird I was like I captured <laughs> fuck off Pablo, Pablo was delighted <laughs> he's like I've taught you well <laughs> somebody did message me on Twitter and asked how Pablo was because apparently I've not talked about him lately and there was a, there was at least a concern from at least one person about his well being oh. he's fine yeah. he's absolutely smashing Last, when I left this morning he, we bought him some expensive cat food and uh put it down for him and of course he went no <laughs> so I gave him some of the cheap stuff that we've got he went no 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 I'll have that thank you very much have you tried mixing it oh actually mix it together oh good show mm. I, might, I might say that to Alex I might say look if we mix a bit of the shit stuff with some of the good stuff and then we eventually lower the quantity of the shit stuff yeah then we only buy him expensive cat food yeah that's, that's how you look after a cat. That's you have to trick the bastard into eating. Basically. Um, uh, the basic thing to take care of a cat is just to, whatever he needs to have, just trick him into eating it. Yeah. <laughs> that's pet ownership. 101. Mm-hmm. Video games this week. It's nearly Christmas. There's lots Ooh. coming out. Go on. Warcraft 2, Tides of Darkness for PC and Mac. Do you play Warcraft games? No. You're a Warcraftman? No, no. No. Uh, I lost a good friend to Warcraft many years oh, ago. Dear. Yeah. <laughs> Some say they're still in there. I think they might be, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. But uh, no, I was, I'm not one for fantasy and swords and magic and that across any spectrum. The uh, There's like a few examples where I'm just like, yeah, like I love Zelda games, but anything else, like when Game of Thrones came out, I was like, well, I'm not interested. Mm. I said, if you, if you change the setting to Brooklyn and you change it from warring families to warring mafiosos, fucking too right, I mean. It's it's it, I know the hypocrisy of it. Don't like Lord of the Rings. Love Star Wars. Both have an elderly <laughs> wizard with magical powers and some kind of like magical item. Because Gandalf's just Obi Wan, isn't it? So I was gonna say, is is it more sort of like a political hierarchy thing that you like, like a pseudo political hierarchy? I.e., Star Wars has like the council and the. I, I don't even know. I, I just, Star board of directors or whatever. I don't know. It's just as soon as you put like, oh, here's. Agnor, son of Rekthik, the <laughs> slayer of dragons. I'm just like, oh, fuck off. I'm just like, I don't care. 
Give me Bill Starfist <laughs> shooting someone in the back. <laughs> <laughs> what about Mace Windu? <laughs> exactly. It's the same thing, just with a different coat of paint, but one I love and one I just... It's not for me. It's, we're funny, aren't yeah. we? are funny people. I'm self-aware we? about it. I know it's a crock of yeah. shit, but I just I can't get past it. So yeah, I get that. I get that. So no, not not a Warcraft man. Yourself? Ah, no. Um, I think I feel like if I was, then I would never. I'd I'd be like, I'd be like 28 stone and just a shut in. If I was, yeah, I'm quite relieved that I'm not. So I'm not quite 28 <laughs> stone, not quite a shut in. Um, Tales of Fantasia for the SNES came out. We're still pumping out SNES games in 1995. Oh yeah. Because the PlayStation's here, because uh, uh, Sukoden, I'm looking forward to you telling me I pronounced that wrong, is out for the PlayStation. So there are romp of an RPG title. Okay. Uh, for MS DOS, Brain Dead 13. It's an FMV game, similar to. What's it called? The one where. Like Space Quest. Is it called Space Quest? A Wing Commander? No. No, hang on. It's an FMV game. FMV game the PC and it is called oh it's it's got a knight in it and it's a night space trap. ace oh. space <laughs> ace night trap space ace night trap night um. oh, I wish it was night trap it's like space ace okay so it's like you you have like these pre-rendered animated bits and you have to press that left or right or up or down or A or B yeah. to, to activate the next bit. And if you get it right, then the game continues. If you don't, you have like a, a, a fabulous death sequence. I, I always found those games, like FMVs, they're just so weirdly creepy. It's like yeah. it's like low-budget 80s horror. Just something about the lighting and the grainy quality of it just freaks me out. <laughs> it makes it for a better experience. It does, actually. Yeah. I like it for that. Um, a few world events in this particular week. December the 12th. Remember we mentioned about the NBA refs going on strike last yes, week? Yes, uh, They're back off strike now. It's all sorted. Oh, good Happy lads. days. Yeah. Uh, December the 15th, Playboy goes back on sale in Ireland. It's been banned for 36 years. Okay. Playboy's back on Ireland. Well, there we go. Jay Hunter, you dirty old fecker. <laughs> You've got your Playboy back. Love can you, of mate. Coke and a Playboy see you. Can of Coke and a Playboy for Jay Hunter from OSW Review. <laughs> uh, the, oh, here we go. This is a bit of histoire. December 16th, the European currency has officially been named the Euro. Oh. So it's been a few more years before it actually enters circulation, but they finally decided on a name for the money that all of Europe will have except us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's called the Euro. The Euro. I remember... <laughs> Do you remember, Franks? <laughs> Franks, you Deutschmark, you Lira. Yeah, <laughs> I used to love getting Deutschmarks. <laughs> Do you remember the Lira from the 1980s? How many Lira for a pound? Oh, three. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> 3,000. Euro's not as fun. It's not as fun, the Euro. It is. It's not as fun, is it? No. I liked having different money. Yeah. Because you'd, you'd find one at some point, you'd be like, oh, what fucking country is this coming from? Is it? Oh, it's a drachma. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> have you got a piggy bank with, with currency that you can't use in it? I used to or have. Or are you normal? <laughs> no, I used, to, I used to have one. I used to have like a mild coin collection as a kid and it disappeared. It wasn't like I got rid oh. of it, it just disappeared. <laughs> NATO took it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't use them anymore. Bastards. Absolute bastards. I, I like, yeah, I like like... I like the American coins, like the big, thick, like silver dollars and half dollars and stuff. Yeah, like, I like the beefy proper, coins. Proper flicking coins, ones that you could ding off someone's head and <laughs> put them into a coma. Once <laughs> you drop them off the Empire State Building, you could hurt somebody. Oh, you cut someone in half. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like. That's all we like. That's the real world, anyway. That's boring, the real world. What's happening in the wrestling world, Jack Atkins, Jack Atkins, in December 11th, 1995? 
Here he comes. Here he comes. All the news that is news off the, off the fresh off the press. Uh, there's quite a bit. There's some bits that I'll save for when we're talking about the relevant parties during Raw. Sounds like a plan. Uh, the, the main thing is, it was just Dave Meltzer's wording of this. <laughs> An army soldier was charged on December 6th with the beating of Shawn Michaels of Syracuse. An army soldier. <laughs> oh, look, there's an army soldier. As opposed to, like, a, an army dentist. Yeah, just just a soldier will do, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, as we as we know, um, yeah, someone's been charged with it. Uh, initially, apparently, both Shawn Michaels and the World Wrestling Federation declined to press charges in the case, despite going on television and saying the opposite. Perhaps because of the fear, if the incident gained a lot of publicity, they would face embarrassing publicity. That uh, Shawn Michaels and Davy Boy Smith were out for a pint when the two were feuding. Uh, wrestling is mental. It's such a weird industry. Radio rental is wrestling. Yeah. So Michaels uh, changed his mind and pressed charges, and Douglas Griffith, 23, was charged with second degree assault. Uh, what, what did he put? Yeah. Uh, again, Dave Meltzer, with his, you know, command of the English language, he was accused of beating Michaels senseless. I don't think that was the official charge. I believe that was the wording in the official court documents. Yes. You are charged with beating a man senseless. Uh, Too anecdotal. And <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, yeah, I love, like you said, it's like jazz. Dave Meltzer speaks as jazz happens. Yeah. And I, I like jazz and I like Dave Meltzer, so. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we, we, we'd been saying what about the other? What about the other 16 soldiers that... Oh, all, Beat him senseless. All uh, the, the rest of the platoon who were uh, fended <laughs> off by a, a half-pissed Davy Boy Smith <laughs> stuck in a car. Wielding half a seatbelt. For gravity, And Sean Waltman going... <laughs> doing vaguely racist noises and pretending that he knew karate. Um, he did as well. Uh, That's they, the story. According to this, it was just the one, the one fella. Oh, that's, that's, again, that also ruins their fun story on the telly, doesn't yeah. it? Only one bloke did it. Yeah. And, and Sean and Bulldog were having a pint at the time. <laughs> Bulldog's stuck in a car. <laughs> the man who's the size of a shy horse. He's like, oh, the <laughs> bastard. Oh, well, let me put down my Happy Meal and I'll fucking have you. <laughs> I love the idea of having a Happy Meal. Lost me joy, you <laughs> bastard. Don't get enough chips. Get a regular meal, David. Boy, I want, I want the, I want this little plastic soup Mario. It's got, oh, it's great. Take it from the kids. I've got this knuckles of your kid there that's in a cloud, and you, you're rolling back, and you go. Hey, that. Oh, I'll get on, I'll get on phone and tell our Georgia I got some some knuckles of your kid that's so. <laughs> Where did our top birds out? Oh no, you, you fucking livid. Was he not the face of Burger King in the UK before? He was. Um, I'm sure there was a there was. I think maybe the Bur maybe Burger King and the Sun or the Mirror. It'd be the Mirror. Be the Mirror, wouldn't mirror. it? Yeah, it was. It was earlier than that because I, I I found it again recently and put it <laughs> on my Instagram story because it was just like, <laughs> Are you hungry? Do you want a free burger? <laughs> just, he, he does scream at the camera, doesn't he? Eat a burger, you bastard! The way he does it for the for the people watching, him, he goes. Do you want a bit? And it's just like, it's a regular sized <laughs> cheeseburger, but it's tiny in his hand. It's like he's holding up one of those gummy burgers. Like, eat this fucking burger! <laughs> Get a Burger King, you twat. <laughs> Ask him if they do mash. Tell him David Boy sent you. <laughs> Such an aggressive... Who are you, you bastard? I hate this fucking burger. It's bread, it's meat, it's veg and sauce. It's lovely. <laughs> oh, no. You can, you can get chips and a cup drink. <laughs> Only a pound. 
<laughs> Don't eat toy though. Sam did that once. He was sick for a week. Burger King. <laughs> yeah. Home of Whopper. <laughs> I'm going to Whopper. Hey, ladies. Hey. <laughs> Fucking hell, Bulldog. That's what I'm pulled during a Burger King advert. <laughs> Talking to fellas who like meat. Some uh, big Van Vader news. Yeah! So I'd mentioned recently that uh, <laughs> the New Japan January 5th Tokyo Dome, show, Tokyo Dome Show. Tokyo Dome Dome Show. Is coming, and they were only rumored to be hiring one gaijin who'd be Vader. Um, and apparently, Vader has only agreed to do two shots with Japan of this point Tokyo Dome and another major show show in March because he's uh, he's filming an episode this week of Boy Meets World where he plays the father of a school bully these are Dave Meltzer's words now in the TV series his name is Francis brackets I think that's the first name but there's a gimmick that he has a pussy first name (laughs) close brackets Vader and he plays the world heavyweight champion wrestler basically doing his wrestling Vader gimmick for a man who writes about wrestling, he's written that. Like, he doesn't have a fucking clue what wrestling is. <laughs> he, he has, isn't he? He plays the world heavyweight champion wrestler, basically doing his wrestling Vader gimmick. Yeah. Uh, he's, he writes... He's, he's amazing. If they, like, imagine if, imagine if in years to come, decades to come, like, they find copies of The Observer in, like, an archive somewhere, and they're like, well, we think we found some old uh, text... <laughs> then and they had a very different understanding of syntax and grammar yeah. back in this particular generation. It's like <laughs> he writes like if Cormac McCarthy didn't have a grasp on the English language. <laughs> it's just no punctuation, just stream of consciousness. <laughs> but when Cormac McCarthy does it, it's high art. <laughs> I wonder sometimes whether he just dictates to people. Yeah. Like I wonder whether or whether he's got one of those text to speech things. So he just sits there with his microphone on and goes, Ah, this happened today and this wrestling this wrestling thing happened and the wrestling thing happened. But then was it you that told me, or was it um our tribal editor in chief, Aiden Gibbons, that told me that he has an editor? Ooh, I think it was Aiden who said so. That's yeah. That is a plum gig. Did you hear you clearly do fuck all did you hear the clip recently where he's talking with Brian Alvarez and his computer has to reboot and it sounds like it's from about 1988? Yeah, it's like boop, boop, boop. <laughs> Brian Alvarez is like, Dave, what the hell was that? <laughs> and he was like, computer hang on, I gotta just put the floppy disk in. <laughs> One of those ones. Welcome that- to AOL. Uh, I've got any AOL. Brian, can you tell me some more AOL discs in my next page? I'm running out. Uh, you can't do that, Dave. Uh, great <laughs> oh. voice. Great voice, bro. Oh, it's a howl, that is. I didn't even, even mean to do that. Yeah, there. it was a howl, that was. Yeah. Inadvertent, you know. Inadvertent howl 3000. Yeah. Nice. I'm just being Brian Alvarez with his <laughs> great voice. He has got a lovely voice, as Brian Alvarez. Um, different from Brian Alvarez, it was strongly hinted recently on WWF Action Zone that Ted DiBiase was getting a new push as a manager. Dave Meltzer expects Sid and 123Kid to win the tag titles from the Smoking Guns at some point soon. But they also said that DBRC was reviving the Million Dollar Belt and it would be a newcomer to the company who would get it, which certainly smells like Steve Austin. What? No! He's that shit lad from Dubsy Dub. <laughs> What's he doing over here? He's coming. Soon, it's we're, we're getting 
Like you said, the end of 1995 seems like a changing of the guard, and I flicked ahead to see the things are coming. But the switch is poof. Mm. The people who are coming in the next few months, Jesus Christ. Mm. So uh, Dave reckons that Steve Austin would probably be under a different name. You know, maybe Chili McFreeze or something <laughs> like that. Um, I can't wait so we could talk about all the 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 tested names oh for Steve Austin. We're gonna do. We're gonna, I think we're gonna do smash or pass on all of Steve Austin's. Oh Jesus, what? Uh, uh, rumored nicknames. And then another round of sweet or me. And then another round of Sweet or Me. Yeah. That's the best one. Dave has theorized it, it might not be Austin. It could also be the return of Jeff Jarrett. And then he goes on saying, when people used to say that Austin was going to be the next, next Ric Flair, I always disagreed and thought it was more likely he'd be the next Ted DiBiase. And if anything, he was the next Arn Anderson. Good on the mic, a badass, proper Smash Mouth style. But he was just far more successful than Arn Anderson. Alcoholic. <laughs> Alcoholic. Bald. <laughs> <laughs> um, good spine buster great but yeah Austin's is a nice spine buster yeah likes to fight with Sid Vicious likes to fight with Sid Vicious <laughs> <laughs> fell out with Ric Flair yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he is an Enix on Anderson yeah nice yeah. what do you know yeah. the more you know that's a treat uh, some other little bits uh, Karma has finished up this weekend, apparently in 1995. It does explain when we see the Million Dollar Corporation later. Yeah. How streamlined we're looking. I did check. He, he will be in the Rumble, but then he'll fuck off. And apparently he would negotiate with WCW about being the muscle for the NWO. And then, but it, eventually nothing happened and he came back mm. in 1997. Oh. But at this point, we'd be going, what's an NWO? Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Never heard of it. No. Nope. It's war. probably going to be shit. It'll be probably shite. Yeah. <laughs> I've started collecting but, but, NWO but, uh, toys recently. Much, have you? Much to the chagrin of uh, Sean. Which yeah. ones have you collected so far? I got, because um, I'm going for the, the newer ones. Mm -hmm. I'm not even really a WWF wrestling figure guy anymore, but it's just like, I'd like, I'd like a good NWO. Mm. So I've got Hogan and Scott Hall. I've got six pack coming in the post. The unfortunate thing is I just wanted to get those three, Nash and Giant. Nash and Giant go for a lot of money. So oh. I'm just going to have to hope that someone's just like, oh, I don't want this anymore. Do you want it for four pounds? And I'll be like, yes, <laughs> just please. Just wait for the price to drop yeah. on it. And then I'm going to get a sting <clears throat> and that'll be it. Because if nice. it went for all the NWO. Will you put them in poses on your shelf? I, I, well, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for six packs to come in the post, but already, yeah, I've got Hogan, guitar, and the um, nice. the belt, and Hall doing the big arms thing. Like the, bi the big arms. <laughs> doing his big arms. Uh, back to news. Brother Love will apparently be getting a huge push. For what? I don't know. To do what? Have a chat with a wrestler on a time whilst Vince says, isn't he fat now? Look, look at him, he's fat and pink. Look at him, how fat he is. Oh, you fucker. Define push. I don't know. He just put, he was going to be getting a huge push and they were going to introduce a hot looking girl as Sister Love. There was some speculation it would be ECW's Beulah McGillicutty, if only because Sister Love was described as someone who had posed for Penthouse. And I'd Googled this and thought, right, what happened to this? So you Google Beulah <laughs> So I'm just going to, I know what you, I know how you said it, but it did sound like you went, Beulah McGillicutty posts a penthouse. So anyway, I Googled this. She's a gorgeous woman. <clears throat> I'm she, a, is a <laughs> she is a beautiful woman. No, I, I, I typed in, I had to word it carefully, WWE, brother love, sister love. And they had actually reached out to ECW's Francine for the role. Um, but... 
this was from a couple of years ago. She said she didn't want to leave ECW. Mm. She really liked it, and she just liked the wow. vibe there. Yeah. So there really was a, a consideration for a sister love. Yeah. So was Beulah also in the running? Not that I could see. According to Dave, yes, but because mm. when's that's 95, so yeah, how long, how, when did she leave ECW? <clears throat> was it end of 97, 98, I think? She was written off TV until One Night Stand. She's yeah. like had the neck broken by the Dudleys and we didn't see her for 20 she years. She came back looking exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was beautiful. Yeah. She really was. I mean, still is. Yeah. I mean, beautiful lady. Lots of rumors regarding the smoking guns leaving. Have a little think about Beulah McGillicuddy <laughs> right now. That's that's fine. The situation, as best that uh, Dave Meltzer can gather about the smoking guns leaving, lots of the guys on the most recent tour were unhappy, and some were about to crack. Several rumors spread, most of which didn't appear to be true. That only made them more unhappy, and particularly the ones who thought they could get into uh, get into Japan were talking of leaving because the money isn't what it used to be. So he doesn't actually say anything. There. He just says, "Ah, there's rumors that the smoking guns are leaving." I don't know what these rumours are. I don't know what these rumours were. I don't know who's involved, but apparently they want to go. I feel like that might just be more of Dave's just bad descriptive work. I think probably in amongst those names of people who were upset, probably smoking guns were near the top, but he just hasn't explained it very well. Yeah, and then thinking on though, when was the last time we saw him on TV? Was it when they were all sudded up? After they'd been no. in the showers that time. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah, they came out just covered in suds. I think we saw them since because they had a tag title defense against JC Ice and Wolfie D. Yes, they did, actually. The USWA yeah, yeah, tag yeah. champ. Yeah. That, was the, that was the last real program we saw them in. But they had Survivor Series. They must have been a Survivor Series. Maybe. In a match, in, a, in, a, in an elimination match. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were at Survivor Series. Uh, I've got two last little tidbits. These are just to pop me, basically. All Japan News. Mitsuharu Masao and Keta Kabashi captured the All Japan Real World Tag League Tournament ah! for the third consecutive year. Masao and Kabashi. Beating Toshiaka Kawada and Akira Tawe, which is the best team name ever, the Holy Demon Army. Uh, nice. In front of 16,300 fans. I only put this in because I watched it and it was a really good match. But apparently the general consensus is this is possibly one of the worst tag matches between those two teams, but it's still got 4.75 stars. Even though it's one of the worst, mm. it's still ranked up there as one of the best ones. This will be the last time that these teams will face off in traditional tag action in, in this form. Uh, Kabashi and Kawada will defeat Tawei Masao in 1999. So after this, it's like the teams change up and there's other people brought in and six mans. This is the last pure match between them. But I watched it. The very first move, as I've put here, Kawada backdrops Kabashi onto his fucking heed. <laughs> Masawa's hitting tiger. heed. Masawa's hitting tiger drivers on concrete, so it's just big lads hitting each other for half an hour. Beefy boys battering one another. But it's one of those that watching the King's Road style and knowing that like Masawa died in the ring and just how it's just a terrible way to actually conduct pro wrestling. <laughs> it's amazing to watch, but it will literally fucking kill you. It's great to watch, but yeah, it's dangerous if you are doing it. And it's just people landing on the head. <laughs> but it's amazing. <laughs> and there was a, another side Dave was talking about a triple AAA, a triple A show in LA which had the infamous 10 man star of death cage match so this is apparently one of the the famous lost bits of wrestling footage because apparently the camera crew couldn't be asked turning up for this so they had a, a show and they had a, a 10 it was a 16 sided 8 pointed star cage around a ring it was originally meant to be like a UFC-style match, but ended up becoming a 10-man, basically, FMW bloodbath. 
Conan was in there. Rey Mysterio Jr. was in there. Psychosis was in there. Like people diving off the tops of cages. Conan powerbombs someone through a table. A shard of the table flies up, cuts his head, severs an artery, and he's pissing blood. Apparently, it's meant to be amazing, but... No footage thing, of it. No. The weird thing was, out of all the people in it, Meltzer singles out Juventud Guerrera and says he'll be the best in the world in three years, if not before. As in 1995, he's a younger version of Chris Benoit. And I like Hoovy. And obviously he reaches great heights in WCWs. One of the faces of the Cruiserweight division. His feud with Jericho is amazing. But I never saw him as like a younger version of Chris Benoit. I can only assume that he changed his style quite dramatically. Yeah. In years in The years juice. <laughs> the juice. <clears throat> yeah, he just kind of comes across as a, a strong luchador contender. Yeah. But according to I this, like you know, he's just... The Benoit. According to this, he's just doing diving headbutts and German suplexes. But How knows? odd. But yeah, that's all I've got now. Obviously, some more tidbits when we reach the appropriate time. Sounds like a lovely idea. Mm. I'm going to grab a drink because my throat's a little I'll, bit. I'll, I'll keep going. I'll just... <laughs> Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We've been and got drinks, if you wonder why drinks have suddenly appeared. That's why. Look at that. Coca-Cola, send us all the money. All Raid Shadow Legends. Did, you, the, did you hear? On the, we talked about this on the classic Smackdown review. Matthew Gregg's been approached by Raid Shadow Legends. Oh. And he was like, oh, I don't know if I should. And I was like, well, what, yes, you will. Add some money for a road. Do it. Jesus Christ, make some coin, man. Yeah. I do. I'd love. I love for us to be sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. Yeah. Oh my God, it'd be a dream. Is it any sponsorship? It means we get free stuff. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Actually. Yeah. That'd be very nice. Uh, but that was a, that's a conversation for a different time. That is a conversation for another time. Maybe another week. Who knows? Anyway, Monday Night Raw, December the eleventh, nineteen ninety-five. Looking back on the week we've just had, the ratings. 
uh, for last week. Raw did 2.6 to Nitro's 2.4. Mm. So great result for Raw once again. Raw on the whole, I, like there's not much in them. They're just... It's consistent. They are, yeah. They're just, there's a little consistent little clipping over of Raw, just ticking over to the other side. Yeah. Um, we'll see how that goes in weeks to come. I have to say, from watching both, Raw is on the whole a superior product. Nitro is... I mean, there's some good. There's there's the opposite of good wrestling. Yeah, but my god, it's a hot mess. Yeah, because like we were saying recently, you'd get something weird like Eddie Guerrero versus Brian Pillman, but then you'd get just a load of shit. Basically, wouldn't you? I think like they had a Benoit, they had a Guerrero, Johnny B. Bad ten minute time limit draw, which was great. That sounds great. Mm, and then you'd have like Hogan Sting, which would which there'd be a lot of hype for, and it'd be shite. Mm. And then Dungeons of Doom would run into yeah, 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 yeah. it all out. So it was just like. Raw is consistently across the board on average a better show. Let's see how long that uh, lasts. Let's see how long that bloody lasts. Um, ER comes to Raw. So we've got this opening segment where they're using references from the TV show ER to plug Bret Hart versus Bob Backlund, talking yeah. about how Bob Backlund's got a, uh, a condition known as the crossface chicken wing and Bret Hart's got the cure for it. And, and the next patient and all that stuff. So this is around the same time as the second season of ER is about halfway through. Uh, it was the number one network show in America at this point. George Clooney breaking hearts as Dr. Doug Ross. What a handsome boy. He was a handsome boy. Still is, to be fair. Yeah. Like, he's grown old gracefully. And he had a little thing with Stacey Kubler for a bit. So yeah, there's, there's the wrestling connection for George Clooney. And he had a pet pig. Did he? Yeah. When did he have a pet pig? For years, apparently. He was like his best mate. Oh. Just had a pet. Not like as a child, like as a grown man. He'd just like go home and hang out with his pig. I never knew he had a pet pig. Yeah. Well, that's lovely. Well done, George. Yeah. Look at you looking after the pet pigs. Um, so, yeah. So, that's why there is this weird ER type vibe to it. Vince has just decided just to, just to hang, just to get a little bit of hang, yeah. overhang from the... ER audience, as, I guess. As, as soon as I heard that, I thought, right, okay, that must be the big show. I can't wait till the X Files <laughs> airs or NYPD. Strange things blow. are happening as Brad Radford takes on Mulder. <laughs> Mulder. Vince. Tonight, Monday Night Raw, Fox Mulder, Brad Radford, <laughs> you <Scully>. gully. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Opening match, it's Owen Hart, flanked by Jim Cornette and Yokozuna, versus, already in the ring, Jeff Hardy. Okay. The Jeff Hardy one. What a dream match this turned out to be. Mm. Like, Owen Hart versus Jeff Hardy, happening in front of our very eyes. And Jeff gets a fair amount of offense yeah. in this particular match. Diesel is backstage. He's scouting Owen Hart, his opponent for Sundays in your house. And also, Diana Hart-Smith is watching from the crowd with great interest. Uh, we'll we'll dip into Diana Hart Smith's thoughts on the wrestling world later on. Look forward to that. Uh, decent little back and forth. Owen Hart winning with a missile drop kick. He then goes to do a sharpshooter, but decides instead just to turn it into a, a unique little cradle. Yeah, which I really liked. Nicely done. At the end of the match, Yokozuna gets into the ring and gives Jeff Hardy the bonsai. And Owen puts the sharpshooter on. It's only when Owen puts the sharpshooter on does Diesel backstage go, oh, that'll do it. I'm heading out there to sort this out. Yeah. Diesel sends Owen Hart packing and then batters Yokozuna to send him packing as well. My thought on this, why aren't we doing Yokozuna versus Ahmed Johnson? That's a very good question. Because when they set the stage, he Ahmed slammed him. Yeah. 
in your house five, if they did Yoko versus Ahmed instead of what we're doing with Ahmed, that'd be great. Yeah. Wouldn't have to, it wouldn't be a clinical masterpiece, but you'd have a little, it wouldn't be, it'd be three or four minutes long. Ahmed slams Yoko and pins him. In terms of building momentum for the Ahmed Johnson character, yeah, he's not a character; he's a real man. He's a real man. Um, yeah, it do, and if you look at if you look at it as a lineup, you're like, oh, Ahmed versus Yoko. That's you know a decent match to pull in a few people. Maybe some people are getting word of mouth here. And oh, have you seen this Ahmed Johnson fellow? He just turns up and batters people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he gets that a little bit later on. <laughs> uh, two notes from The Observer from uh, this opening segment. Uh, Jim Cornette had a meeting with Vince McMahon where he was offered a spot helping to book the show. Mm. No word on whether Jim has accepted it at this point. And I just like the wording here from Dave because obviously hindsight and all that stuff. When describing this match in The Observer... Dave Meltzer writes, they also did an angle where Diesel saved a jobber from a post-match beating. Wow. Jeff Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, Dave had no idea of knowing that no. that jobber was soon to be multi-time world heavyweight champion Jeff Hardy. Still a jobber to me. Oh! I, I've been very vocal in the office. I've never been a Jeff Hardy fan. Never? Before. No. Never. Never, ever. Never liked the Hardy Boys. Not one match where you've gone... Nope. Oh, I, I like the matches he's involved with, but mm. I had this debate with, because like um, a, a few of our younger lads, they like Jeff Hardy. And I just said, name me a good Jeff Hardy singles match without a gimmick. Randy Orton, Royal Rumble. I can't remember it. But he can't. <laughs> okay. It's the one where they did, and I know that it's, it's sad because we can't really reference the, the song anymore because the guy who, who sang it is a horrific diddler. But... Um, in the not in the cultaholic sense of the word, um, but it was the with the one with the rooftops music video, standing on ah. the rooftops, <laughs> and it's just like oh, but it's mm, but it's a great music video. It, it's, it's like a great music video. I, I like Jeff Hardy as good match against Triple H. I, I like him as like in ladder matches and stuff like that. But when people are just like oh, he's amazing, it's like he can't cut a promo, he can't act, he's had the same look for years, he's very botched. I've just never been a fan. As a kid, I was an Edge and Christian fan as well, so it's just like. Triple H was always um, in a similar boat to you in the sense that when, when talked about, Triple H was always very reluctant to... He didn't mind working stuff with Jeff, but was reluctant to really like give Jeff the ball to fully run with because yeah. he was so um, he, he historically problematic. Yeah, That's why there was always that reluctance from like... There was a famous match in 07, and it was Triple H versus Jeff Hardy for the WWE title. And it was like, that felt like the, the crowning night for Jeff Hardy. And hits the swanton, gets two, Triple H rolls him into a pin, pins him for three, and we all go, the fuck? That was his night! The fuck? And it turns out as years gone by, Triple H has gone, look, he's great, but oh, he's, he's difficult. He's I, di difficult to love. I can't deny that he's charismatic as fuck, and he's evergreen, and he's built a career. It's just, you just you just know when someone's just not for you and you yeah. just can't really see it. Like Vincent Mann was Cesaro. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> maybe he's, maybe because he's Swiss. <laughs> he he can't speak English. It's like he can, Vince. He can speak five <laughs> languages. Yeah, but yeah, he's Swiss. Is he strong though? He's probably the strongest person on your roster. Yeah, but where's the beef? It's like he's quite beefy. Well, well, look, he's, he's not over. People fuck, just fuck off. <laughs> 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 Vince's react. Yeah, well, just fuck off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, never been a Jeff Hardy. I fan, get that. There's some wrestlers where you just go, ah, it just doesn't. It's just not. Touch, yeah. Doesn't touch the sides for me. But I, I like them in this. Obviously, yeah. he, he, um, he did a moonsault bump off a very stiff clothesline at one point, which was very nice. Mm. 
He bloody did, didn't he? But uh, the thing I like most about this with the post-match and stuff and with this era, because we were saying recently that some of the stuff hasn't felt polished in the usual way that WWF and WWE does. Mm. And it's quite refreshing because when he shows Diesel backstage, he's not for the purposes of people at home. He's not doing that. He's not kind of like looking sideways on at a TV and it's all very lit. He's literally just sitting in the back in front of a tiny monitor in a kind of like dimly lit, like really like actual, mm. the light of the room and they're filming him from behind and he gets up and fucks off and it feels more gritty and I liked it and I thought the post-match beatdown was good. And I am I am looking forward to seeing eventually when the Hardy Boys turn up because I love the tag work, don't get me wrong. But mm. Big pop for Tweener Diesel. Yeah, it's working. Mm, they like him more now. He's not like a ostensibly good, ostensibly a good guy. It, it, it's almost like the WWF audience wants someone who's a bit of an ass kicker to mm. be the champion. No, they want a ringmaster. Mm. That's what they definitely want. Coming up later on tonight, uh, Todd Pettingill will sit down with Shawn Michaels, who will speak for the first time properly since his... Uh, his, his collapse on Raw a few mm. weeks ago. Uh, in the lead-up to this, Vincent Mann says Todd drew the short straw, which is a strange turn of phrase from yeah. Vince McMahon. You're going to interview the hottest guy on our roster. Oh, you drew the short straw. Yeah. I think I think whether Vince knows... Well, when we get to it, okay, it, might, yeah, it yeah, might add yeah, some, yeah. Some, some notes to it. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, back in the ring, and we have a women's match. It's oh. Chaparita Asari versus Aja Kong. Just randomly in there. <laughs> oh. Now this, oh. this was ace. This is the best match on Raw. Oh, this is, go out your way to watch this. It's As, really good. <laughs> Asari starts strong. She does these wonderful sort of backflip drop kicks. Yeah. Which I've never seen before or since. Yeah, it's kind of a bit like the... The like the great mooter kind of tumbling cartwheel mm. attack, but yeah, like you said, like a kind of back mule kick thing. And she's dressed like Jushin Liger, and it's mm. just yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Aja Kong does shut her down though, and constantly kind of puts on these big finishing spots only to pull her head up last minute.com. She pulled out some decent ass finishes, like the whole oh package God, yeah. pile driver in there. <laughs> yeah. She drops some some beastly moves, and she keeps going, No, nah, that's not the finish. That's not the finish. Uh, some great offense in there. Um, she goes for a splash off the top rope. There's Aja Kong. Uh, Asari rolls out of the way. Hits a starship pain. Hello, John Morrison. Years before. Uh, but Aja ducks it. So Aja rolls out of the way to avoid it. So Aja pulls up uh, Asari. Hits her with a freaking spinning back fist that pretty much smashes her nose in pieces. Yeah. And gets the three count. We cut back after the three, after they replay the, the back fist, to see Asari's nose just gushing. Pissing blood. Pissing blood. Not a, not a strong look at all. Not a strong look at all. During the, uh, the comms on that match, um, Vince McMahon mentions uh, that he's going to be taking questions on an AOL chat <laughs> after all. Yeah, I did see that. I desperately searched the internet for the transcript from this, and I couldn't find a full transcript. I did find two points that came from it. Um, during this... this Because this, he, did, he did one in 1995 yeah. um, that we talked about in the summer. 
And he does another one again in 1998, which is famous for the amount of technical issues they have and how angry Vince gets with it all. Is that the one where he's just basically shouting at himself because he's been disconnected? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get to that in a couple of years. Uh, but from this one, uh, when asked about Nitro competing against Raw, Vincent Mann said that he was upset when Ted Turner chose to present its Monday night show head-to-head with Raw, saying it showed no regard for at all for wrestling fans here in the US. Fuck off, Vince. Do you remember fucking <laughs> Black Saturday, was it? Black Saturday, Friday, Monday, that the day he basically turned up on NWA TV and went, fuck off, watch the WWF, fuck off. The man who basically shut down every territory. Yeah, he's, he's such a double standards whiny little bastard. When he <laughs> just say what you're thinking, Jackins. It annoys me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Vince, no one's buying it. We all know you're an arsehole. Just own the arsehole tag. Don't try and convince people you're, oh, poor little Vince McMahon. It's funny how he flits from, from successful billionaire to innocent little mom and pop company. Yeah. He's very much like, he's like Boo from Mario in the sense <laughs> <laughs> that when you're vulnerable, he'll come at you. <laughs> when, he, when you look at him, he goes, oh, I'm I'm shy. I'm a ghost. <laughs> he is Boo from Mario. Um, on the subject of the Ultimate Warrior returning, a direct quote from Vince McMahon. In order for the Ultimate Warrior to return to the WWF, the moon and the stars and the sun and the planet Pluto would all have to be perfectly aligned in some sort of celestial magnificence. But who knows? Anything can happen in the WWF. I didn't realise that that rare astrological anomaly occurred in early 1996. Apparently. <laughs> apparently it's next year. Yeah. <sighs> um, yeah, so those are the two quotes that I got from it. But that was during the match uh, between Aja Kong and Chaparita Asari. Well, what a belter. Dave's got some notes from it. As he put, Aja Kong worked one of the stiffest television matches of the year on Raw against Asari, finishing off by breaking her nose with a backhand punch. Kong got over great with the live crowd, but it appears from the commentary that Vince McMahon isn't sold on this women's deal, since he paid little attention to the match and didn't try to get Kong over as anything but a comedy figure in the commentary. I went on cage match and checked, and this will be Kong's last match in the Fed. And uh, as, we, as we'll see, this is... You know, the last women's match for a long, long time. Because I know normally that the commentary is normally quite telling because you had Jerry Lawler. So, oh, isn't she ugly? She's like a bowling shoe. Bowling shoe ugly. Talking to Aja Kong and Vincent Mahan going, oh, so, despite the fact they're having a banger, Vince's like, oh, that's that's quite good. Um, <laughs> the one thing that was very much missing from the commentary was uh, a lack of reference to... The WWF Women's Champion Alundra Blaze. Mm-hmm. Her contract expires two days from now. I wonder if she'll resign. Just gonna pop a little pin in that. We'll come back to that next week. Dropping a little pin in in that. Uh, Todd Pettingill. Yeah. Sitting down with <laughs> Shawn Michaels. Sean thanks the fans for the outpouring of support. They're in a lovely little um, interview area. It looks a little bit like an airport lounge from the 90s. Yeah, it does, yeah. It's got a nice little vibe to it. It's, uh, Todd Pettinger wearing an overly big suit jacket, like he's borrowed it off Vince that day. Very blue jeans. Uh, very blue jeans. <laughs> uh, Sean in a lovely white flowy shirt, looking very fresh and relaxed and refreshed. Sean thanks the fans for the outpouring of support and says... Uh, He hasn't had any of the symptoms that the doctors have said he has, dizziness or blackouts, and he's feeling fine. Todd asks when Sean is coming back. Sean says he would return today, but the doctors don't agree. However, Sean says that he's very rarely done what he's told, so before too long, he'll be back. It's a very (laughs) jumbled messaging here. Todd says, it's got to be cool to be you. (laughs) 
<laughs> Fuck off, Todd. This is bomb time. But, but but then I was this this all will all make sense. Because then Todd talks about him being like an intercontinental champion, a former tag team champion. And then Sean gets a little bit emotional here saying there are so, still some goals that need to be attained and he'd like to stick around and see them through. Todd asks if Sean is facing retirement and Sean goes all very quiet and very sullen and says, is this what all this is about? It's not your concern for me. It's you know all these lights and this camera and this this chat today. It's not about your concern for me. It's you getting my reaction to that question on your camera. Sean says, this is not a job. This is my life. I'm not going to dignify that question with a response. Mm. So Sean gets really prickly when he's asked if he's retiring. Yeah. So maybe this is what Vince meant. Like drawing the short straw because he said to Todd, <clears throat> you ask these questions. Because you have think. to go and ask him like about his retirement and, and Todd Pettingill does like the, the 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 classic interview trick. It's a good one. Of of lulling the guest into a sense of security <laughs> by asking nice questions. It's cool to be that. you, Sean. It's cool to be you. So anyway, that dark thing. Um <laughs> it's a good trick. Um <laughs> I really I really like this. I thought it was effective. Yeah. After, after me saying a minute ago, oh, I've never cared for Jeff Hardy. I'm the same person who never cared for HBK, and here I am caring for HBK. So, but you I'm like fickle. this bit. Yeah, you're I'm fickle. Fickle. <laughs> fickle bastard, yeah. Yeah, because I, as, as we've talked about in The Office, um, you know, you've got your Bret Hart people and the Shawn Michael people, mm. and um, you're very much a Bret Hart person. Oh, very much, yeah. Um, is doing this show changing your perspective on Shawn Michaels in any way? how they're presenting the character. Yes. Knowing that he's a, a ratty little arsehole backstage, <laughs> especially what we heard with Dax Harwood last week as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, in terms of them presenting him as a character, yeah, I, I never knew that this side of Shawn Michaels existed. A, a very vulnerable, human kind of self-effacing Shawn Michaels. It, it, you, you can, on some level, relate to him. You can't for the fact that he's good-looking, successful, one of the best of all time and all that stuff. Because I just remembered, as a kid, loving the Rockers, then him being a horrible, weaselly little arsehole. <laughs> then when I came back, DX were a thing where he was a horrible, weaselly little arsehole. <laughs> and then he disappeared. So in my head, like the... And then when he came back, when I was clued into the biz, I was just like, oh, he may have found God, but he's a horrible, weaselly little arsehole. <laughs> so actually seeing this on screen, it, it's it's working very well. Mm. It's it's effective. It's setting you up. Uh, do at this point, I, I mean, because again, this was a time where I wasn't into it. I wasn't at all, and I wonder whether, how effective it was in terms of getting people mentally ready for him to become the face of the company. Well, that's because at no point have they outwardly said he didn't outwardly say I want to be WWF champion, but he's hinted at there are other goals I want to attain. Yeah, he's list, and Todd listed off all the championships he's held before he went. There are other goals I want to attain. So he hasn't outwardly said, I want to be WWF champion. But Anyone listening at home, feel free to tweet us. Yes, if you're please watching do. Because, yeah, like I said, I'd, I'd already tapped out at this point. Mm. So I won't be back till 97. End of 97, beginning of 98. So intrigued, inquiring minds would like to know. The other thing I liked about this before we move on as well, mm. and we'll see this, they'll continue doing this for a few years before going very WWE. Like you said, it looked like they just booked a room somewhere. It did feel very kind of ESPN sports interview. Mm. I like it when wrestling is presented as more real or more... I like the sports-like presentation. Mm. I like the idea of them being like, right, this is an interview with 
an athlete. Let's sit down. Let's actually discuss it rather than, you know, there's a time and a place for the mean gene. Let me tell you something, brother, backstage thing. <laughs> but sit downs, and especially as we'll see in the Attitude Era, the Jim Ross sit downs. Oh, they're great. They're fantastic. Yeah. And I'm glad that AEW have leaned into that a bit with Jim Ross. And I think that when the time comes that JR does step away from doing full time commentary, you can continue to use oh, him fuck yeah. for those. Because that really, like the one, the one that sticks out for me in AEW was the one with Kenny Omega. Adam Page and the Young Bucks. Yes, and like and and Jim Ross is just great as a as, as a as a middleman with all that going on. Yeah. So I think that should he step away from commentary full time, you use him in that position uh, for to great effect. And on Rampage as well, the before the main events when they got Mark Henry interviewing the two sides as well. That's very mm. it's a different presentation, but it's that sports like feel. Tell me what you're thinking ahead of this match. Get in the ring, see you out there. Yeah, I like stuff like that. More yeah. of that, and and they do it very well. On, on Raw. They do. Yeah. Well, also they, the Nitro. Just saying. I remember, was it the last year or so, even though I wasn't watching, on Raw they started bringing back like in-ring interviews between an actual interviewer and a person. As yeah, well. they like, did. Like post-match stuff. It felt like a big thing when they did that. Yeah. Like it felt like it, it just kind of helped the, the momentum a little bit more. I think I think they still tend, they do it sometimes. Hmm. I can't remember the last time they did it. They did it after WrestleMania. WrestleMania 36, remember when after WrestleMania 36 went off the air and Drew McIntyre was having a chat in the ring and suddenly the oh, big, big show, show came out. And there was two main events at WrestleMania. We didn't see the other one. Shocking behavior. Yeah. That was a thing. Ahmed Johnson! Ooh! There he is. <laughs> He's taking on Rick Stockhauser. <laughs> Beefy boy. Um, Rick's an enhancement guy for the WWF. Uh, he and John Faulkner competed on local indies as War Machine. Back in the day. Oh. Uh, we lost Rick last year in May. He's 55 years old. That's no age. No age at all. Uh, and there was so much love for him. He was... Uh he 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 was a truck driver. He he loved dogs and cats. The one thing that he said from from this wonderful obituary I found of Rick online was that like he never went past a stray dog or cat that he didn't take in. Like he loves animals. He yeah. loved animals, did Rick. He sounds like he was a lovely man. Oh, good. So him. I'm glad that we got to see a little bit of him here. Um, as Ahmed's walking to the ring, we get a picture in picture with Dean Douglas saying that on Sunday Ahmed's meteoric rise in the WWF comes to an end. I wish this was Yokozuna versus Ahmed yeah. again. Yeah, I feel like that's a more effective match. But then I haven't seen Ahmed versus Dean before, so I may think differently. And there was no teaching puns from Dean, which I thought was weird. He was just like, I'm going to end your meteoric rise. Not like I'm going to give you an F or I'm going to put you in detention, smack your bum. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jerry Lawler fills in for that in a little bit, thankfully. Oh, actually, yeah, he, does, <clears> he does. He does do that for him. Um, not much to this match. Rick has a go at <clears throat> a jumping Ahmed. And he eats uh, a comeback from Ahmed Johnson and suffers what I've put here as a screaming spine buster. <laughs> Which, if you want to do an Ahmed Johnson screaming spine buster, you throw the guy across the ring and you go, come on! And as you pick them up, you go, <laughs> he, I felt... He's a noisy boy this week. I felt sorry for Rick because the first time he did it, because obviously Ahmed, even though he's been working... Um, it's not Smoky Mountain, is it? He's been working Memphis, hasn't he, I think? Memphis. He's still quite green. So as he throws Rick, Rick, the offbeat kind of, so Rick awkwardly hits the ropes. <laughs> Ahmed picks him up awkwardly, fucks him onto his hip, 
looks pissed off, does the spot again. So he gives him two meaty spine busters, yeah. doesn't he? And, yeah. And then... Rough one. Uh, then we get a Pearl River plunge at the end. Dominance by Ahmed Johnson, short and sweet. And this is kind of... Although it's sloppy, and he, you know, he's still a little... He's still lacking that finesse. Still dropping people on their fucking hips. Um, this is exactly how you should be booking Ahmed Johnson. Just the short burst. Like, yeah. It's almost... It's the Goldberg book, isn't Goldberg, it? Goldberg-esque. Yeah. Pre-Goldberg. Imagine if Ahmed had just gone on a winning streak. Oh, yeah. It just cut a path to the WWF. Uh, He'd have been a star. Dave Meltzer wrote, though, he's, he's, Ahmed Johnson is so strong and clumsy doing his power <laughs> moves that guys who work long programs with him are candidates for back problems. <laughs> and I put here on my own notes, we'll see him get on the wrong side of someone you don't want to mess with later in his WWF Pop a little pin in that bad boy. Oh. Promotional consideration paid for by Milton Bradley Karate Fighters. There they are. There's Cyber Fist and there's <laughs> Tiger Ninja. If you're watching on the Patreon, you see them there now. We're going to have some fights with them when we do the In Your House 5 Seasons Beatings watch along next week on this very podcast feed. Join us on the Patreon to watch it if you like. Uh, also joined by Electronic Hotshot Basketball. There was a kid in my school that had this. Oh, really? Brought it in on... On um, Toy Day. Yeah. Last day of term, you bring in toys. I love Toy Day. Brought in Hot Shot Basketball. He was the coolest kid. I, <laughs> I, toy. I, in year one, I was the coolest kid on Toy Day because I brought in... Did you... Oh, you may have been a bit old for this at the time because I would have been six. You'd have been nine, ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mouse Blaster. Did you ever have that? Mouse Blaster. It was a weird game. It was a magnetic game. And one part of it was like a cat on a stationary gun with like little balls in it. And the other thing of it was a maze and you had a stick underneath and like a plastic top and a small toy mouse. And you had to get out of the mouse hole along this maze, get the cheese, like touch the cheese and then run back while the other person's fucking shooting you as a cat. I I don't remember this. I brought it in in year one. Everyone was like, oh my God. And my mate Adam Burkett cried because no one wanted to play with his toy. So I was like, come on, Adam, me and you will play with whatever you've brought in. Poor Adam Burkett. He's a lovely lad. I hope he's all right. He's all right. I like that. I never heard of Mouse Blaster. Yeah. I'm sure others will listen to this and go, oh my God, Mouse Blaster. (laughs) Oh my God. I think I remember bringing in Marble Madness. I think Ooh. it was called Marble Madness or Screwball Scramble. Screwball Scramble. It might be Screwball Scramble I'm thinking of. It's the one where you've got like the, the obstacle course. Yeah, Screwball Scramble. A little plastic obstacle course. And you've got two, like a left flipper and a right flipper. And, and basically Ooh. it just moved the entire yeah. set. So you had to navigate the marble all the way through. And at the end, you got the big arm that dings it. Yes, yeah. that's it. You little magnet, and it picks it up, and it goes doing. Oh, it was oh, so good! Screwball scramble. Great. I liked Toy Day at school. They were great. Anyway, a kid had electronic hotshot basketball. Uh, also, WWF <laughs> WrestleMania, the arcade game by the video game strategy guy. Now that features the Undertaker in a deadpan way, talking you through how to do the Demon Dizzy. <laughs> Up, up, down, B. Basically, yeah. yes. Now you can do the demon dizzy. You've watched it, clearly. Yep. <laughs> I am Mark Undertakerman. <laughs> That's me. I was going to say his name. From Undertaker Callaway. City. I just said Mark. I was like, I don't know what his surname is. Mark like, Undertaker. Yeah. Mark Deadman. <laughs> Mark Deadman. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Deadman. <clears throat> Jerry Lawler interviews Ahmed Johnson. 
here we go. This is where we get some yes. school-based puns. Uh, he asks if Ahmed Johnson's toughest four years of his life were the fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he warns Ahmed Johnson uh, that Dean Douglas has done his homework on him, but has Ahmed done his? Um, Ahmed, but it's Ahmed's a bit rambly here, and he says to Jerry Lawler to take a front row seat and get Dean Douglas out here now to show on. He'll show him what what homework he's done. <laughs> to which Jerry Lawler just goes, "I'm just going to go sit down." <laughs> yeah, Jerry Jerry Lawler both seemed a bit frightened, but also just like, "Oh, this is a car crash. I don't want to be part of this." <laughs> I did like that. Uh, Ahmed said he's a man of action and not a man of words. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait till Sunday, Ahmed Johnson, Dean Douglas. Because I, I kind of sounded like Ahmed Johnson was calling out Dean Douglas that there and then. Yeah. And then Ahmed Johnson just walked around the ring for a bit. <laughs> they just wandered off. At least he didn't do his lizard tongue this week. I don't like it when he does that. When he crouches and goes, <laughs> I like his lizard tongue. It's good fun. <laughs> Backstage, we go to Doc Hendricks wearing a fucking ugly denim jacket with Shawn Michaels on the back. It's amazing. <laughs> it's horrible. I, I was going <laughs> to ask you, as a jacket and coat aficionado, your thoughts on the WWF New Generation denim jacket collection that we've got going on here. As a curio, say if 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 I was like a wrestling collector, apart from like the three NWO figures I've got and some other little bits and bobs. If I was a proper collector, I'd be like, they'd be cool pieces to have if you show someone's like, oh, I've got this, this, and this. Mm. Look at this fucking ugly Shawn Michaels jacket <laughs> I got from 1995. Or the kind of thing that you, I can imagine like Wale to wear it, you know, when he, he sits like front row and he always wears some like obscure old merchandise. That's a good shout, actually. He'd make it work. Would you buy it for 59.75? Probably not. <laughs> Adjusted for inflation, that's probably about 100 quid. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it turns up in a, in a British Heart Foundation store. You can get it from there. Um, <laughs> we get a video package. Mm. So let's go through this. This is, this is, once again, Vince McMahon flight of fancy with a... Like, back in the, in the early 90s, in the early mid-90s, <laughs> the early mid-90s, Early 1995, late 1994, Vince McMahon was clearly left to his own devices to 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 script and direct random WWF adverts. So <laughs> we get a strange video of a police lineup of Father Christmases. So you can now there's five. There's Razor Ramon in a Father Christmas outfit. We know it's Razor Ramon because he's got the Intercontinental title on <laughs> over the Santa outfit. Ahmed Johnson. A very thin, wimpy-looking man in the middle, Yokozuna, and Harkushi, all in Santa all in Santa gear. Behind the one-way mirror, there's a policeman who tells the kid to not be scared and point out the evil Santa. This has got very sinister undertones. <laughs> very sinister undertones. The kid set, points out the Santa in the middle, the one that looks like... Yeah. He looks like a diddler. Mm. In, not in the cutaholic sense of the word. No. Just looks not... He looks like a wrong one. The kid points him out and says, that's the guy. He's the one that told me that it was good to smoke cigarettes. He told me all wrestlers are wimps. And he told me that there's no Santa. <laughs> then all the wrestlers stare at this wimpy guy in the middle and just batter it. It's, it's the way it ends, though, because, like, the police smile, and, like, we've got our guy. 
And they close the blinds. Yeah. Basically, as this wimpy guy gets fuck kicked out of him yeah. by four massive men and probably killed in police custody. It's... <laughs> Battered. Uh, but the production values on it. This is. They put money for this. They spent some money on this. As the nice soft music plays, as this man gets the shit kicked out of him, uh, a sign appears saying, uh, Happy holidays from the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> like, on a previous episode, I think it was the week before, there was like Christmassy music playing. I was like, Why is Christmassy music playing? Forgetting that even though in real life it's nearly March. <laughs> We're watching something that's just before Christmas, so it was the... It's a bit jarring. Yeah. It is a bit jarring. Um, we're going to get something very Christmassy next week. Ho-ho! Oh, yes. More oh, on that. Oh, yeah. oh. Ho, ho, ho. More on that next week. Yeah. It's good times next week. Um... Yeah. That's enough silly weird. That's enough weird video packages for a week. Oh wait, no, it's not. There's more. Cut to Fred Blassie. <laughs> Why the fuck was Fred Blassie here? <laughs> Leading a football coaching meeting or a school class on football. I'm not sure what they were going for. So he's in a classroom. Fred Blassie's at the front, like the teacher, and it's a classroom with a blackboard and and the wrestlers. And I spotted uh, Sid in there. I spotted uh, Glenn Jacobs, famous <laughs> famous pro-Russian Glenn Jacobs in there. Uh, and a few others. All Yoko. In, Yoko, Yoko was in there. Yeah. And they've all got the football, like, shoulder pads and all the gear on. Legion of Doom? No. No, no, no. Sadly, no. <laughs> the, they, they, that would have been fine. Um, Fred Blassie's giving them advice on football. Hit them high, hit them low. In and over till the fat lady sings, to which he starts singing. He tells them to kick the daylights out of the pencil neck geeks. Pencil neck geeks! Which, of course, is his line from off of the past. Then they all the wrestlers break into a fight, and the WWF Raw Bowl appears on the screen. <laughs> I love Freddie Blassie, but this was weird. Like, again, like I've said to you, sometimes I put my head into the situation, and if I was thinking, right, need, need advice on gridiron. Better get the Hollywood fashion plate, classy Freddie Blassie. <laughs> the man famous for, you know, having nicely quiffed hair and carrying a cane. <laughs> he knows all about the NFL. <laughs> I did love the fact we got the pencil neck geek line because that's still the best insult ever. But mm. what, what, why why did they bring Freddie Blassie back for this? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know whether he, did he play football? I don't know if I don't know. Because I, I guess he did. Because I was thinking, when will we see him next? Obviously, he's in the... The video packages. Time passes and wrestling is still going. Yeah. I'll cheer for them now. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it was well, like him, Ernie Ladd, and all those others. I remember those from a, from a kid in the attitude. Yeah, because they made Vince cry, didn't they? Apparently, they did. Yeah. He does a great bit. Does Freddie? Does a great turn during the invasion as the invasion is starting in two thousand and one. Where like where the where WCW's taken like is, uh, is jumping in. It's just before the invasion pay per view, and all the WWF guys are in the locker room as they're picking the inaugural brawl team. Mm. And to rally the troops, Vince brings Fred Blassie in. Why do I not remember this? It's do you know what? It's like it's it's like selling Ferrero Rocher at a pound shop in the sense that it's far too good for the place that it currently <laughs> is, in the sense that it was the invasion angle and it was far removed from what it could have been. But Fred Blassie, who's like the spirit of the WWF, who was he was sat down, we had his cane, and he was talking about the, the spirit of everything that he bought in the WWF, and he said that that's under threat. 
and everybody needs to stand up and fight. And then Freddie Blassie, on his own strength, stands up. And it's like, oh, and he says, stand up and fight. And that inspires the locker room. But the locker- head of invasion. And then it all went a bit shit. I was going to say, the locker room was like Harcourt Holly, Jake, <laughs> yeah. Bradshaw, Josh <laughs> Joe. Like, I was thinking, oh, yeah, that, that'd be interesting because of the, the past he had of Hogan. But, and then remembered, oh, hang on, Hogan's not there for another six months. <laughs> if the invasion had been much beefier, yeah. then it would have felt so much more significant to have yeah, Freddie yeah. Blassie. But then, like, Freddie Blassie basically going, lads, Sean O'Hare's coming for you. <laughs> with the best respect to Sean O'Hare, who's no longer with us. I see Chuck Palumbo trying to take your spot, Bob Ollie. <laughs> Stand up. Stay sat down, Fred, I was. Yeah, it's... it's God love him. Don't, don't worry, I think they've got this. <laughs> how... Oh, actually, it's... I was going to say, how, gonna, far, how far away are you and Matthew from the invasion? But you'll be a few months off, won't you? A few months to go. We are about three weeks away from WrestleMania 17. I am... So the buyout's about to happen. Um, I, I'm going to do everything in my power to try and join you for that. Oh, no, no, you are welcome. Yeah. You, are, you have been invited. You, you and Sam are joining me and Matt to watch WrestleMania it's, 17. It's, it's, it's WrestleMania 17. You're coming on for WrestleMania 17 and you're coming on for Invasion. Yes. it's Invasion. Yeah. So all the brands together. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, so all four of us will be together for Fuck that. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. WrestleMania X7, it's the best WrestleMania ever. And it's great because in the in the Observer, the one we, on the one we did on Friday, which you can listen to on the podcast feed, the one we did on Friday... Um, is Dave Meltzer saying, uh, No Way Out was such a great pay-per-view. It sets us up for a big letdown at WrestleMania. Wow, famous last words. <laughs> famous last words. Meltzer basically going, yeah, Mania's going to be a bit shit this year. Was <laughs> it's I, the best one ever. Was I saying this to you on Saturday or was I just saying it to myself as I was home alone last night about WrestleMania 17 that it was refreshing? I may have even been saying it to Sean. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Time's meaningless. <laughs> But as a kid... Maybe and, time is a construct of human perception. When WrestleMania 17 happened, when was that, 2001? So it was 12. Just turned 12. So it was the perfect age for it. And mm. it, I'd watch Invasion, but WrestleMania 17 was the last time I was properly invested. Yes. And then I pan, panned out of it afterwards. But at the time, me and my cousin were just like, this show is amazing. And then when I got older and discovered the internet and stuff like that... I was made up to find out it wasn't just me and my cousin thinking the show was great. It was literally everyone was like, oh, no, WrestleMania. Oh, oh my it God. Was great. Yeah. It was the last cry of the Attitude Era. It was, oh, it's fantastic. I, the the tape I had of that, because we taped it off the TV, I wore it out. I just used to watch it mm. all the time. It stands out as well because O1 goes on to, and, and, and I know there'll be people that will think otherwise, but O1 goes on to be such a, 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 a rough year for the company, even yeah. though like, it's the year that, because it's the year there's no longer any competition. Um, it's the year of, of a very, of, of, of what could have been a, a very impactful uh, interpromotional rivalry. It yeah. becomes very lily-livered. Uh, the roster is incredibly snake bit. Like there's like, had it not been, for, I think I've mentioned this before, but like just in my free time, I've got this Google doc. I'm just sort of trying to write, what would you do with the WWF had the invasion not happened? Yeah. Because they are completely fucked for guys. Like how would you do it without bringing in w- WCW guys? If WCW carried on, what would the WWF have done? Yeah. And like the roster's so thin with like people. And it's kind of like the, they made their own problems because we're at a point now with WrestleMania 38 on the horizon. It's like Austin potentially coming back, Vince having a match. <laughs> and you think that like, it's easy in hindsight, but had you not, could you not have created more top tier stars it's to the point where you didn't have to lean on 
stuff from 20 years ago. You've let Cesaro go. You've halted the pushes of Kofi Kingston and Big E. Mm. It's Dolph Ziggler has been on the roster for over a decade. And he and, and, and if you've been on the roster for over a decade, you'd have thought that your stock would see you as a viable near the top guy for a mania match. In theory, in if theory. you're talented and you can talk, but Dolph's headline in NXT. <laughs> it's just, I think with Dolph, it's just that we're six years past the need for a gimmick refresh. Yeah. I think it's the gimmick that's held Dolph back. Because he's when he cashed in money in the bank on Del Rio, that is one of the loudest ovations mm. I can remember off the top of my head. I'm sure there's bigger ones, but the pop for it when his music hits, when he cashes in, is huge. And then him on the top turnbuckle with Big Goldie, gutturally screaming that's mm. fucking great it's great it's great he should have been in a higher position sure. so so many should have been but then it's like you have to build stars yeah build stars still get stars Vince McMahon is interviewing the streamlined million dollar corporation it's Ted it's Psycho Sid and it's the one two three kid as Jackkins said karma is done yeah uh, we can also assume uh, by their absence Nikolai Volkov is done yeah. Tatanka <laughs> is done Dumb. that's and so now you're down to Ted Sid and the kid and I like it. It's better than the... So much better. <laughs> Trim the oh, fat. my Jesus. God. You've cut away so much fat. You've just got the beef. Um, beef. By averages, this is the best million-dollar corporation ever. By, by Literally, by averaging out their, their high scores, this is the best version. Ted runs down Razor Ramon, saying he's a whining, crying greaseball. There's that use of the word crying again. Keep putting pins in that. We have footage of the kid running through the crowd last week to escape Razor Ramon last week. DiBiase warns Ramon that when the kid is in the ring with him next time, Sid will also be in the ring. And after In Your House, there'll be no doubt who the number one tag team in the WWF is. Kid says that Ramon has manipulated him for years and he warns Marty Jannetty of a similar fate. And he'll show him that he show him and Ramon on Sunday why he and Sid are the best tag team ever. Over to Sid, who says that he at first felt sorry for Jannetty for being a victim of circumstance. Sid says he won't enjoy destroying Razor Ramon. Only joking, he will. <laughs> what banter. What banter. Oh. And then Sid, the kid, and DiBiase have a lovely hug in the ring. Like a really warm three-way embrace. embrace. Yeah. Really wholesome. This was a sloppy mess, wasn't sloppy it? Sloppy as fuck. Yeah. It, it, it worked. <laughs> Pointless. It, it painted Sid as a loose cannon, which we know. Like um, Vince calls him unquestionably the most dangerous man in the WWF. And that's what I like about Sid. I did like the fact that it was just like, look at this massive lunatic. <laughs> and I like the fact that even though Kid was on his side, he did seem vaguely afraid of him. You know, when yeah. you like when you when you get cornered by a very hard person in a pub and they're just laughing and you're laughing like, ah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He is the mental in the pub. He is, yeah, um, yeah, a bit of a mess. Is a mess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on the week on Sunday, we're getting Razor Ramon and Marty Jannetty versus Sid and the Kid. And as you said earlier, this will, this will probably lead to Sid and the One Two Three Kid as a push for, as a tag team mm. in a in a in a quite a uh, a wobbly tag team division. So why not? Uh, well, yeah, I'm sure that 1996 will be very eventful for Sean Walton. I'm sure it probably will. <laughs> Next week, Yokozuna challenges Razor Ramon for the Intercontinental Championship. We have a nice little video package to build this up, which shows at one point Yokozuna staring at the camera, slobbering all over it. <laughs> it's like it's like a shot of Yoko, like just going in the camera. It's just all this 
froth coming out of his mouth. Quite the look. Um, before our main event, we get uh, a commercial for RC Ricochet. Yeah. I wanted one of these very badly as a kid. Did you? Yeah, they look amazing because they just flip and they carry on. <laughs> so they've got wheels in the middle of the unit. So when you crash it into a wall, the whole thing flips and you just carry on driving it. It's brilliant. <laughs> Tycho RC Ricochet. Just reminded me of that bit from Alan Partridge with Michael the Geordie. <laughs> he just lands on all four wheels and drives off. Oh, <laughs> a cup of beans. <laughs> you sausages. <laughs> you sausages spoon. Um, you get a commercial. We get also a commercial for NFL Quarterback Club 96. Didn't make any notes on this. I might do for next time. Mm. Um, and Erector. Which is, it looks like a rip-off of Connect. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. This sounded. It was Doc Hendricks doing the voice. It was Doc Hendricks' it's, voice. There. It's amazing what you and Erector can do. <laughs> sounds like a blue chew advert. That <laughs> sounds like Doc Hendricks in the eighties. Uh, more sponsorships. Raw's brought to you by Tyco Haunted Highway, Ooh. which is a spooky themed Tyco RC racing set. Burger King and milk. Got milk. How many bloody sponsors this week? Like we were saying last week, though, good sponsors. Mm. Especially as the Got Milk campaign's taken off. Burger King's good. Tyco's good for the kids' market. Mm. NFL quarterback club. Erector. Don't forget Erector. <laughs> Erector feels like a very cheap one. Yeah. Like the fact they've got Doc Hendricks voicing it would suggest they've, uh, they've, they've got that sponsorship on the cheap. I do like the fact that Burger King's tagline was where you can get your burgers worth. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. That's a terrible slogan. Oh, I've just had a burger, but I believe I got my burgers worth. Mm. I go to Take a bite! <laughs> oh, Burger King! Get burgers worth! Bastard! Jitsu, <laughs> come! Beef! <laughs> I'd, I'd love Shepherd's Bar. Shepherd's Bar King! I've got to open that. <laughs> Fucking parking! Pie. Parking. <laughs> pa- beef parking. <laughs> Loving the beef parking. Oh. Beef dripping king. Dripping king. <laughs> come, to- <laughs> come to dripping king. Jesus Christ. Bulldog just bringing you these like buttons just soaked. Dripping king. Thanks, you mean- thanks Bulldog. Eat it, you bastard. What do you mean you don't do roast potatoes? <laughs> I thought this was Sunday dinner king. <laughs> That's next door to Dripping King. God, swat. I, I love Dripping King. Yorkshire Pudding King. <laughs> my road restaurants. <laughs> my, to, my dynasty. You have to go to each restaurant to get the next bit oh of the meal. Oh, God, how fucking cumbersome. So what you do is you start <laughs> Plate King. You leave Plate King. You go to Yorkshire Pudding King. <laughs> then you go to Beef King. If you want, if you want a bit of chicken as well, you got to go Chicken King, or you can just bypass Chicken King, or go back into Beef King. You've got to leave and come back in again to get another bit of beef. Yorkshire Pudding King next door. Go around the corner onto Thompson Street where there's Gravy King. Pour it all over. Oh, but don't forget, there's been Cutlery King, Broccoli King, Horseradish King, and Serviette King. <laughs> King. Back to Beef King for seconds. Uh, if you eat all that, you can go to Pudding King. <laughs> Someone say I made too much money in the WWF because I bought a town centre to bring my dream to life. <laughs> but I can imagine the customer going to the first it's one. A fucking mess. Behind the counter, it's Davy Boy Smith. As they go to the second one, he runs round. <laughs> And he's got a different apron hat each time. Oh, 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 oh
Oh, you want more beef? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> oh, that is my sausage king salad. Where's my beef king one? So it's, oh, yeah, I'm just coming to um, Pudding King, and you've just given me a pile of roast potatoes. Oh, sorry, I don't wear my edges. Uh, take them back around of broccoli <laughs> I haven't got a plate. Plate King's oh, in the fork. Plate King, come on. <laughs> Ends up chucking them over his shoulder and carrying them. Come on. <laughs> Tom's cooking it all in the back of a Ford Fiesta. <laughs> <laughs> Davy, man, this is a stupid idea. Sorry, Tom, it's Master Couture. We don't have one room. <laughs> Admittedly, it's quite cumbersome. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, fuck me. <laughs> it's parking opens on Saturday. Can you work Saturdays, Tom? No, I can't. You know I can't. So I've got kids. <laughs> I'll get some of our Brett's lot in. <laughs> <laughs> He's got loads. Keith, man. <laughs> Keith, could you... <laughs> Keith, could you work at Dripping King on Wednesday? I've got a split shift. <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, talking to Keith Hart, his mate brother Brett. Is it action in our main event of the evening? It's Brett Hart and Bob Backlund, man. Oh, God. And Bob is coming out to hail to the chief these days, mm. which is fun. <laughs> Dinah Hart-Smith is in the crowd scratching her, shi- scratching her chin like she's considering leaving early to beat the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> she's doing a shift at Carrot King tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I've been booked to do Carrot... Fuck, I hate Dave. <laughs> I hate Dave's idea. As the match gets underway, Jerry Lawler goes to pester Diana Hartsmith in the crowd, asking what she thinks of Davy Boy Smith's latest food venture. She says it's cumbersome as fuck and I want nothing to do with it, but I have to leave because I'm doing a shift at Carrot King tonight. <laughs> what happens if people don't want carrots? Then they just go mouldy and we still have to pay the rent. This is a terrible idea, David. I've got a deal. <laughs> I bought the whole street. It's like Monopoly. <laughs> Don't worry, love. The gravy train will never run out. I'll always be in the WWF making money. <laughs> Nothing. There won't be a problem, will there? Unlike Tom, can't even afford a Sky card at the moment. <laughs> he's, he's eating own brand Neto Twixers. <laughs> Cheap bastard. <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't even come to my shop, Chocolate Biscuit King. <laughs> You can get them from there. You get three chocolate biscuits and they make your way around to Tea King. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's three chocolate biscuit shops in a row. Mm. You get one from each. But we only do chocolate digesters. <laughs> <laughs> makes packets last longer. <laughs> That's my catchphrase. I just <laughs> makes, makes packets, packets last longer. Diana, asks, uh, Diana is asked if she wants the same results uh, this Sunday as at SummerSlam, i.e. David beating Brett. She says, if Davey is the winner, we can go home happy. <laughs> Just like every bit of, like she blink once if you're <laughs> in trouble. <laughs> on on, on Davy's new style of wrestling, i.e. a baddie, Diana says, I have to support Davey and the way he's wrestling. Nobody was listening to him before. <laughs> uh, she then gives credit to Jimmy Cornette for giving David a title shot. Jesus Christ, Diana, blink twice if you're in trouble. She's a right guy. And like, like, she's been thrust into a television role. Yeah. So I, so, so I, you know, take this with tongue, firmly firmly planted in cheek. Fucking charisma vacuum. Why do it? Because, yeah, because obviously at SummerSlam 92, she looked like a deer in headlights in front of 80,000 people. Same here again. But when she becomes, is it the, uh, 
was it Miss Miss Calgary? Miss Cal is name? Yes, Miss Calgary. She grows into it a bit more. Mm. So yeah, she'll yeah she'll find her charisma. Um, this is a good one. Vince confirms that Bulldog is watching backstage, presumably just like sorting out the logistics of uh, Sunday dinner. Oh, I've opened a new one, Stuffing King. <laughs> the problem is, though, there's no shops left on that row. So I've had to open Stuffing King three, row, three streets down. <laughs> so you've got to go to, before you go to Gravy King, you have to go three streets down to Stuffing King and then come back where you were and then go to Gravy King. <laughs> Otherwise, you just put stuffing on top of the gravy. It just doesn't work. <laughs> you got you keep your ticket, though. If you lose your ticket, you can't have gravy. <laughs> Turn lots of just fucking running back to Davies like seven tickets. <laughs> Davies system, it's shit. No, Shut up, man. It's all right because at the end they all pay it till King. <laughs> they, they always they always forget that one though. They all, I wonder why I haven't made any money. They get to till King and they change their minds. But we put they've eaten half the food on the way around. <laughs> just people walking around the streets of Wigan with like half. Half prepared plates of Sunday roast. <laughs> Not going to Till King, fuck that. I've lost three grand in a week. <laughs> oh no. I've got rent on 19 buildings. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, all right, thought this through. Shut up, Dave. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I'm playing my Game Boy. Go Play my Game Boy. I'm playing Tetris. <laughs> Leave me be. Um, as the match goes on, Vince refers to Bob Backlund as the lunatic fringe, yeah. predating Dean Ambrose by about 20 years. Yeah. Uh, Bob gets the chicken wing on Brett. Brett makes the ropes where it sinks in a little too deep. This probably ends up being the best match they'll ever have against each other. It didn't have a 20-minute chicken wing spot like a Survivor Series, <laughs> nor did it have Roddy Piper screaming on the house mic at WrestleMania 11. What do you say? Backlund! What? <laughs> 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 Yes. Uh, a crawl <laughs> along the bottom of the screen reminds us that Vincent Mann will be on AOL chat at the conclusion of Raw. Before Brett can get the win with the sharpshooter, Bulldog charges the ring. The ref DQs Backland as he puts on the chicken wing. Bulldog, clearly in no rush to get back to Stuffing King, gives <laughs> Brett a shoeing whilst he's trapped in the chicken wing. Referees and officials try and pull Backland off. Eventually, he lets go, but then he reapplies the chicken wing and Bulldog continues to put the boots in. Just twat Brett repeatedly. Just absolutely smashing. There's a light diesel chant. Yes, I heard that. Very light for a little bit. Um, the Observer writes, the fake crowd noise put in during the Bret Hart Bob Backlund match and post-match was as fake sounding and as dead as WCW, which is the first time WWF television has had such bad sound work. Mm. Ooh, spicy. There was another little bit in this that I picked up on. Oh, go on. Uh, Vince says, Stu Hart turns 80 on Friday. Happy birthday, Stu. And uh, <laughs> King says he's heard that Stu is back wearing diapers. <laughs> Dave Meltzer. Vince McMahon mentioned on Raw this week that Stu Hart would be celebrating his 80th birthday on Friday, but actually he turned 80 in May. <laughs> oh, Friday would be the Stu Hart anniversary show in Cal Calgary. Not so that's birthday. where Vince has sort of half read an email, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bless him. It's weird because WWF talent will turn up at that show. Yes, they will. So you'd think he'd be across it, but he's apparently not. What did you make of their match? It was weird because it started slow, like it was building something, like mm. like they were about to have like a 25-minute epic, and it didn't feel like a TV match for that. It felt like something more, but it didn't have the time, and it didn't really have the crowd. So mm. if, if this would have been at and in your house, I think it would have felt 
more, if it would have built up to this a bit more rather than just one week of Bob Backlund going mad. Yeah. It, it, it was fine for what it was. I really like Bret Hart. I really like Bob Backlund. We fucking love Davy Boy. <laughs> um, I did think it was, it was that weird lack of WWF rules that Davy Boy runs in covered in gravy and like cranberry sauce. <laughs> cranberry King, just over. <laughs> Earl called for a DQ, despite Bulldog hadn't done anything. He just stood there. And... Yeah, that was a little bit questionable, wasn't it? Yeah. But I do like the fact that, like, yeah, I like the chicken wing, and I like that in the year previously, was it, when it was the Brett Backlund feud, that they built it up strongly, and they're building it up again. And Davey's just kicking the fuck out of <laughs> Brett. Wurzel and Jerry Briscoe can't get him off, but it was a little bit of this a little bit of that that's what I thought it felt like a build up to a Sunday pay-per-view yeah exactly they don't because what quite often I notice with Raw is that the the, the go home show won't, won't always sort of perfectly coincide with what's happening on Sunday it'll be an angle d- devoted to something else that might just yeah so with this it genuinely felt like this is the last stop Bulldog's getting some licks in before the pay-per-view yeah whilst Diana watches <laughs> from the crowd <laughs> just thinking our life savings are in those fucking <laughs> shops. <laughs> Why did I let him? Why did I let him? Crackling King. Who's <laughs> going to go to Crackling King? <laughs> it's what sucks is there's a fireworks shop up the road with the same name. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone keeps going there and putting Catherine wheels on their, on their beef. Davey gets confused and barges away and he's like, let's be out of there. He's drawing a Roman candle. <laughs> All right, we can do. So what do you think about the, the show as a whole? Oh, do you know what? As a, as a go home for a pay-per-view, I thought it did serve the purpose. Yes. I thought there was, uh, it was you know, it built to the matches that we've got on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Again, they've, they've very rarely had this laser focus when it comes to a show before a pay-per-view. Yeah. So it was nice to see it, even though all the matches weren't uh, particularly grand. I thought Ahmed's was what it needed to be, albeit yep. sloppy. Like you said, Bob and Brett was the best they've had, albeit it felt like it was building to something that never really happened. Um, Aja Kong. Aja Kong <laughs> and Asari just had, a, they had the best match of the night. You know, that's the, the one thing I wish it was building something towards, but say Levy. What this made me realize, though, because we've been saying that the, the roster is wafer thin, mm. it's actually stronger than we realize. Like, it's just the business and shite and needs a shot in the arm. Because if you look at Razor and Marty versus Sid and Kid, that's a decent mid-card match. Mm. You've got <clears throat> Diesel's in the main event. Shawn Michaels will be back soon. Undertaker's there. Brett's there. Who else we got? Davey, kind of. you still got Goldust milling about. There's, there's, for, if this was... If it wasn't called WWF, if this was a smaller company, you've got the bones of a good small roster it just needed more they had to spread it thinly but the core of it it's they've done more with less yeah they've definitely done more with less and uh yeah that's a good shout and we'll see that we'll see that more with less in action next week Mm. on in your house five seasons beatings merry christmas we will be here with a watch along presentation special where we will be offering an alternative commentary to in your house five and we hope you'll join us whilst we do that and play karate fighters with milton brantley on the patreon if you've ever listened to any of our uh alternate comedy commentary tracks for in your houses and pay-per-views before you'll know that we are you know fastidious and we are very <laughs> committed to calling the action play by play we are 
not we're laser focused. We're not mm. we're not distracted and talking about any old shite at all. No, we keep it very focused on the wrestling, and that's why you're here for the wrestling. Yeah. So we hope you'll join us for that. And until we are next again for that, he is at Brad Atkins on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we're at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Parsnip King opens Tuesday. Oh, bloody hell. Don't even like parsnips, you bastards. Well, this is a man from... People in Peking were just like... like, Peking? (laughs) Peking! Love you, bye! Peking! Put them on the gravy, King. Oh, what a Peking duck. Is that where you put peas in a duck? That'd be lovely. <laughs> duck full of peas. Oh, it's what dreams Coaching made. Coaching quack quack, King. Oh. That went wonderfully off the rails. <laughs> that was a good day had by all. <laughs> Just what you needed for having a sore throat. Me and you screaming about gravy. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 